comes in power that we give in your word tonight. We ask for that word. We, we desire that word, to eat that word, to digest that word, and to be conformed and molded into the image of Christ by that word, changed. So, Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're here, that we can't do this without you. We want to be a people full of and controlled by the Spirit of God, manifesting Christ in us, Christ who lives in us. So thank you, Father. Thank you for your mighty word. Thank you for the mighty deeds and the miracles and signs and wonders that you will do. And thank you, Lord, that we will be changed because we heard your word tonight and tomorrow. And the next day. And every day. <laughs> Why not? Just keep going. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to be here. Kevin and Leanne, hi. It's good to see you. Wow. So we got some people who didn't go on long weekend. So you guys are going to get the real blessings. It's just really good to be back here. Um, I don't know. There's part of my heart that's here. And... Uh, you know, when we landed in Johannesburg, it, I know there's difficulties around, but we just see the goodness of this land. And we just see that God's, God's got a plan for South Africa. He's got a plan for Africa. We were in Zimbabwe just before we came here. And to see the optimism in the people, because people are not looking at what they got. They're looking ahead to the blessing of God. It's like Abraham. He always looked ahead to the blessing and to the promise. And a lot of what was to come, he never saw. He saw Isaac being born, but he never saw, you know, the father of many nations and um, that he would possess the world. He was promised by God he would possess the world. So he looked forward to that, and that's coming. And the blessing of Abraham is with us because we, we Christ's seed. We're in him. Well, he's, uh, he's Abraham's seed. Sorry, I should say we in Christ. Let me quote it correctly. So the blessings are ours. So it's good to be back, and uh, last time we were here, um, there was just a sense uh, that we had in our hearts of just being stirred, and it was amazing, some of the report backs we got. I mean, I was talking to Gail and, and Brian Cranston, they're sitting there, and amongst other things, we managed to um, get together an agreement, we, min we ministered to their son, so I don't know who wants to come and tell us about it, uh, Gail, maybe? It's just to stir faith. I mean, this is a, a, a long-time situation that they were facing. And God's just brought change. So I'll, I'll let her tell you the story. Hi there. Um, our son was born, he, he was diagnosed di microcephalic, which means a small brain. So some virus somewhere in the first three months um, affected the brain development, particularly his eyesight. And um, he's mobile. He's, he's a good sportsman. He's a good swimmer. He's a good um, runner. Um, but mentally, obviously, there are challenges. Um, he has been brought up in the church. Uh, he, has, he absorbs everything. He's, he's very positive. Um, but obviously, there are He's not educable, in other words. So um, he's trainable, but um, he has passions, certain passions. Um, one of them is making epaulets and making police badges and blue security and anything else. So that, but we're excited about that because 
it keeps his brain active and he's busy doing something rather than sitting and staring into space. Um, he is at Sunfield Home in Howick and has been 14 years at the school and 18 years in, um, in Howick. But um, we've just been, I don't know, I, I won't say there was pessimism, but there, there was just like not moving forward. And um, last time John came and prayed with us and we prayed for his eyesight and we prayed just for his whole demeanor and for a release. I think that was the word we were asking God. In fact, your word was unlock, that God would unlock something. And um, we have just noticed, you know, you're so used to the same old and his ways and so on. And we've just started noticing, first of all, he's a lot more positive um, he even when things go against him, um, he is a very um, passionate prayer, and it will be in Jesus' name, Amen. I mean that that's the prayer, um, because he's seen us praying for people. So when somebody says, "Will you pray for Ellen?" he'll he'll stand there and he'll go, and in Jesus' name, Amen. I mean that's as much as he says. And what we've just noticed over the last three months is. He's saying more sentences, and there's more content in it. And um, one of the youth leaders in Howick um, had come. She, I think she does one service, one, month, one, one Sunday a month. And um, we happened to talk to him on that Sunday and said, What's, you know, how was your day? How was chapel? What happened? And he said, oh, Anna came and, uh, about what Jesus did in her life. That's kind of how he speaks. And um, so I said, oh, yes. And he said, another lady, and, and, and strong, and, and Jesus healed her. So I said, that's wonderful. And then came the sentence that was a full sentence and with such passion. And he said, and I told the devil, get out of my life. And he's never spoken like that. No, no. I mean, we, we just, so I said, really? He said, yes. I told him, get out of my life. And I thought, uh, and I know who Ina is, and we communicate sometimes. So I wrote to her straight away, and I said, "Wow, I, I'm so impressed." She said, "I saw some heartstrings touch during," and she'd given her testimony. She's had cancer, and she'd been telling them, and he he knew that it's what God had done in her life. And I don't know whether she encouraged them to pray or he just—I'm not really sure. But we've, that that was a sentence that stands out. But. Um, even he was meant to go this week. They have different outings and different people. Obviously, they can't take all 110 on every single outing. So they were going to Langholm, which is the school, and they were going on an outing to his old school where he was for 14 years. So he was super excited. And after lunch, I suddenly get this text from the nurse to say he's just had his um, oral hygiene. I'm thinking, no, he was meant to be there. So anyhow, I phoned to see how he was because there was obviously a clash, so they changed it. And I'm thinking, how can you do that to him? Probably the mother's more accept, upset than he was. But anyway, I, sp I spoke to him, and I said, you, you didn't go? No, fine. No, it was fine. No, and he was so passionate about going. It's like, I don't know, there's, there's a maturity. And um, we're just noticing more and more words coming out and more and more phrases together to make sentences and so on. So you can't put your fingers specifically on him, on, on you know, like that was an example. But you just go, oh, wow, oh, wow. And, yeah, passionate about praying. I will say to him, don't forget to pray for Dad. He's got a sore throat or something. And the next time you talk to him, he'll say, 
I prayed, Dad. I prayed. And you know. And I know Jesus hears his prayers. So there's just, um, there's just, I can't, I can't give you a medical thing. I can just tell you this change. It's the power of God. It says the anointing destroys the yoke in the Bible. And it says where the spirit is Lord, there's liberty. And things are unlocked. So we just seen healings. It's just amazing. And we've got a, a grandson and he wasn't talking. And Heather's job was to go over there and go and lay hands on him so he would talk. And we saw like a band around his head. And, you know, um, you can read in uh, Luke 11 where it says Jesus was rebuking the spirit in a, in a deaf and dumb man. And then he spoke um, once the spirit was out. So we broke the power of that thing. And even in the time that Heather was there, just more and more sentences started coming out of this boy because he was late in his speech development. So it's just so exciting what God is doing. It's, it's really up to us to step out. So um, just to give you some testimonies to get you excited. And there's many other healings that we've just seen in Zimbabwe. And um, God is on the move. It says you know, in Hebrews 13 verse 8, it says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as we allow God to live in and out of us, he does the same works. So we we kind of the vessels that carry the glory of God, but God's still doing his work uh, in the world today. It's just a matter of teaching people to connect to the power of God, and um, we're going to cover those uh, subjects. And then we also want to teach you how to release the power of God. So that's going to happen tomorrow. So um, tonight uh, the idea is that Heather's going to, well, she's going to introduce all the, the different subjects, but it's for us to be totally, totally uh, secure in the fact that it's God's will to heal all. And we're going to show you scripture after scripture, and we're going to kick over holy cows that say, oh, well, God's punishing me, that's why I'm sick, and all this, this stupidity that's come through religion into the church. So we're going to deal with that. And then tomorrow we're going to talk about receiving healing, how healing is communicated to us, how to take it, and because it's part of our inheritance in Christ. So um, that's what's going to happen. Did anyone see that? See, I'm stealing, <laughs> I'm stealing my wife's thunder. Okay, so let me sit down. Um, should I tell them about the books or would you do that later? What do you think about the books and all that? Yeah, if there were, if there were, I mean, there were some of you I recognize from last time we were here when we spoke about praying with God and we've produced materials. There's a book there that uh, eventually was published and the idea is that we're going to up prayer in South Africa and we've, we've had the posture in the church of praying to God, but actually we are seated in Christ in heavenly places and we've got to shift up a perspective to where we are praying with God. If you're sitting right next to someone, you talk with them. And um, so th- there's a whole perspective, a shift that is going to happen when it comes to prayer. So um, I'm hoping we'll be able to do some of those prayer meetings anyway. There's so many things happening, but we'll, we'll discuss when we, in terms of when we'll do a prayer meeting. Okay. Is this working? Hello. Oh, brilliant. Okay. 
Thanks, John. It's lovely to be here. I'm only doing that because I've only got a little bit of time because tomorrow, unfortunately, for four hours, I won't be here. I've got to do some online training thing. So uh, John will have the whole day without me. He's so glad because I won't be able to stand at the back and go. (laughs) Anyway, I'm very, very excited about this healing school. And um, John just touched a little bit on these things, but um, we've been praying for people to be healed for a very long time, for years and years and years. And over the years, maybe 30, 35 years, we have seen lots and lots of different healings. And in the first years, it was about uh, the gifts of the Spirit. We would pray for people, and we would see results, and lots of people got healed and also delivered. We, we were, when we were at Hillcrest Christian Fellowship many years ago, we used to do ministry of deliverance. And virtually some, some seasons, virtually every single night, we would have people in our house, we would pray, and there would be deliverance. But then what we noticed was that um, we would pray for people to get healed or delivered. And a month down the road, or even three weeks or a year, they were back to square one. And so the Lord began shifting our ministry to one of just where we were vessels for the gifts of the Spirit to flow through us into more of teaching schools where we equip people to stand on the Word. So we teach over a a day or a couple of days in schools. We give them the Word, and then instead of when they get sick or need deliverance, we come along and pray for them. They've got the Word in them, and they can do the job themselves. And actually, that's what happened to both of us, because um, in terms of healing over the years, we live in a fallen world, and um, we have both had life-threatening issues. So um, for, for me, I always used to look at John, and he, he was the one who would go and you know, pray more than me and be out there. And then I got really, really sick. I actually got cancer. And uh, I suddenly realized... Because we did pray, I had a big lump, I had thyroid cancer, and so it was cut out. But at that stage, I suddenly realized, oh, I I can't always rely on someone else to come and pray for me. I need to have the word. I need to know absolutely that Jesus is my healer. And so there was a shift in my own thinking, and the Lord did a wonderful thing. He helped me to close a gap, really where I would think, and I think this is a thing with a lot of Christians, yes, I knew God heals. We do know that, and we believe that. We believe that. But is he actually going to heal me? I know he can heal, but will he do it for me? And when I heard I had cancer, um, I actually began, this was about four or five years ago, I began to panic, and I gave into fear. And I, that opened the door to some dreadful things which I'm not going to go into detail about, but basically I had what you would call now a nervous breakdown. And the door was fear because I imagined all sorts of things. When I went to the doctor, I saw on the doctor and the nurse's face, I saw their look of fear. I heard the words that they were speaking over me, and I thought, oh. And then there was this onslaught of stuff and things that I had, these words, and then you go on the internet and you see this and you think, oh no, I haven't got a chance. Internet, that's the worst, worst thing you can do. But then worse than the actual 
the diagnosis of the cancer was this other thing that happened to me, which was um, this like nervous breakdown thing. It was so awful. I've been asked on. I, I could not function. I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't talk. Uh, for three weeks, I just lay on the bed, and I had panic attack after panic attack after panic. It was like just waves of terror. And if anyone's ever had a panic attack, you you know what it's like. And I actually really believed I was going to die. I thought, this is it. And I was thinking, oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't done everything for the Lord. I haven't done everything for my children. I've still got things to do. I still want to do this. And Anyway, at that point, I realized I don't have enough of the word in me. And John was fantastic. He prayed a lot. My sister came, and John and, John and my sister cast out a demon, which I was totally shocked to experience. I don't have a demon, but actually it was a bit, uh, a bit, what was the word? Well, shocking is the word. And I just thought, no, I have to, I have to know this word. I have to make it my own. And so what I did is I began to, because I couldn't even read, I began to listen to Kenneth Hagen, who is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful teacher of Bible principles for healing. And I began to listen to the Bible online. And I just did that for like hours. I couldn't sleep, so I would just let it play and play and play and play and listen to Kenneth Hagin over and over again. And gradually I got better. And I have not looked back. And that word is now so settled in me. That gap where there was this thing, I know God heals, but will he heal me? It is absolutely settled in my heart. And that's one of the reasons why we absolutely love doing these healing schools, because these are schools which equip you to contend for your own healing. So if ever you do get sick, the word is so strong in you that you can just stand and you can, you can, who was saying tell the devil to foot sack or something just now? You just, yes, yeah, you, you, you've got the word in you and you can resist. And then not only can you be the one who resists for yourself and claim your own healing, you can also become a fighter for others. You can contend for the healing for others. So that's, sort of where this comes from. So the aims of this school are, first of all, to understand God's will for healing. And that is a little bit of a mind thing. So tonight, uh, in a few minutes, really, that are left, I'm going to try and rush through some... No, I'm not going to rush. I'm just going to just do it. I want to lay a foundation of God's will for healing because that is where the question is in many of our minds. We, we, We are not absolutely convinced God can heal us. So I'm going to give you scriptures and instances of that. And then the other aim is to learn how to appropriate the healing for us, because for ourselves. Because often, um, even if we think, if we believe we, we, we've got healing or the Lord will heal us, there are some things about receiving it and taking hold of it. And John's going to go over that tomorrow. And then how to minister healing to others. So those are the three aims which we hope to cover some of them in more depth than others. Right, at this point, you've all got a little piece of paper. If you've got any questions about healing, anything, there's no wrong question, would you write that down and then come up and stick it on the table? And remember, this is a healing school. It's like a workshop, so it's interactive. And what this does for us is it helps us to find where you really, what questions you really want to know, what you want answered. And it helps us tomorrow even to 
speak into those areas. So if you've got any questions about healing, if you just write them down now and then stick them on that table. I'm sure you've got questions. No one got questions. Oh, good. All right, I'll give you a minute. Oh, John's saying I must keep talking. But then you can't think of the questions. Okay, as soon as you've, you've got a question. Actually, John, would you collect them? Then they don't have to get up out their seats. So if you've done, finished your question, put it up like this, wave it at John, and he'll come and get it. No, not yet. We did, this is just for us at the moment. We did this in the same healing school in Zimbabwe about a month ago, and there were amazing questions. There were lots and lots and lots of questions. And it's interesting, often the questions are the same questions. So it helps us to just direct things tomorrow. And then also, at the end of tomorrow, I'm sure a lot of the questions will be answered. I hope so. Okay. So I've got some questions for you, because it is a workshop and it's a healing school. Um, so if I was, what my day job is I train teachers. So if I was in a training venue, I would tell you, when I ask the question, you can put, if you, if you disagree with the statement, if you think it's false, you go like this. If you agree, you do like this. And if you don't know, you just do like this. So do you think we can do that? Yeah. Huh? All right. So is this true or false? God sends disease to punish us. Is that true? Is it false or you don't know? And you can be honest. You can, oh, yay. Some people don't know. And that's very interesting because that is one of the areas that trips us up when we want to be healed, when we're waiting to, uh, when we're contending for healing, if we think that God has sent the disease to punish us, and as is a common thing in, Christian, in Christianity, then it will trip us up. So we'll see that God does not send disease to punish us. Okay? Second thing, we can glorify God through sickness. Up, down, this. Okay? Okay. Again, some of us are saying, you should come and look, because you're going to, tomorrow, you're going to be talking. You should have a look. Come. John, (laughs) just have a look here with me. I'm I'm not being funny, but tomorrow you're going to be speaking into some of these things. Okay. So, how can God be glorified through something that is so horrible as sickness? He's not. So hopefully over today and tomorrow, you will get a scriptural foundation to understand God is not glorified by sickness. Sickness, where does it come from? Does it come from God? No, it comes from the devil. It it's, doesn't glorify God. All right, the age of miracles has passed. We believe? Yeah. Okay, we've got good, good um, agreement on that. It's this one. It is not God's will to heal all. And I'll do these two together. God can heal, but I'm not sure if he wants to heal, if he wants to can heal me. Sorry, slip up there. So is that true? You don't know or false? Okay, good. So some people are thinking about that one. That's really good. Okay, you don't know. Good. All right. And then this one, I've sinned, so I can't be healed. Is that true or false? 
Yay, that's fantastic. That is really good. I don't think there was one who said, just wait, just wait, one more. Uh, two more. I have to know the root of the sickness before I can be healed. Okay, again, some people are not sure about that one. Okay, that's great. So we'll hopefully, we actually don't. The answer is we don't have to know the root because Jesus heals all of us. But hopefully you'll see that over the next day. And the last one, I'm waiting for the right timing for God to heal me. Good. Okay. Brilliant. All right, you can sit down now. Thank you. <laughs> okay. You might have asked some of, some of the questions about that, so it'll be interesting to see them. So um, we will be uh, doing in different levels of depth, the following. So uh, tonight we're going to cover God's will for healing in the Old Testament. Um, We usually take much longer than a few minutes to do this, so it will be a quick thing. The difference between the two covenants and how how sickness is viewed in the Old Testament in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, because that's an important foundation. The origin of sickness we'll just touch on. God's will for healing in the New Testament. Sozo. What is Sozo? Uh, the healing ministry of Jesus. The healing ministry of the disciples. Different methods of healing. Tomorrow, John's going to focus a lot on that. He's going to do practical things with you. You're going to actually practice doing some different workshops. You're going to Look to see, I think, are we going to do that? You're going to lay your hands. You're going to learn how to do it. He's going to do the stuff and how to receive an appropriate healing for ourselves and how to minister healing. Right. Very, very important thing. I think I touched on this in my testimony, but we have to come to the place where we use the Bible as the absolute foundation for everything. It's got to be settled in our hearts that what the Bible says is the truth and that we line up with the Bible. It isn't the other way around. So often if we've experienced things in our lives which don't line up with the Bible, like maybe ongoing sickness or something like that, we have to make a decision that, no, I'm going to believe what the Bible says, however I feel, whatever people say, I'm settling that the Bible is God's word, it's the truth. The word in in Psalm 119, verse 89, it says, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And that word settled is in the Strong's, it's the Greek word, nutsub. So it's not Greek, it's in the Old Testament. And it means to station, to set a boundary, to erect, establish to settle or to sharpen. And it means that God, this is a boundary around which God word, God's word is, um, is settled and that no, we shouldn't go beyond that boundary. So I was just thinking of an example of that. So in um, its Proverbs, and I hope I wrote it down. Yeah, it's, no, I didn't write it down. I think it's Proverbs 18 where it says, there's life and death. There's death and Proverbs 18, 21. Yeah. Okay, it says, Proverbs 18, verse 21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Who knew it was that way around? Because only recently did I click that it's death and life. I always used to say life and death. Is that right? Who said, who used to think it's life and death? Yeah, it actually says death and life. 
So if you take this principle, death and life are in the power of the tongue, you've got to make sure everything you do lines up with the word. So if you say things that don't line up, for example, oh, I'm dying to see somebody, that's not lining up with the word. John and I have become very meticulous about what we say because there's such power in what, what we say. So um, another thing could be if you say, this is a typical one, oh, I've got a senior moment. I'm getting a bit old now. So you don't really mean it, but you sort of mean it. It doesn't line up with what the word is, says about us, that we've got life in us and that we've got abundant life. It's not just ordinary life and that we don't need to accept old age. Uh, we, John and I have decided we're going to live a full life. We're going to be spring chickens until we're just going to drop like that at the end. <laughs> but we don't confess any of those senior moment things. We don't say, oh, we're getting feeble or we're losing our mind or we're losing our energy. We say the opposite. We say, no, the word says we've got abundant life and we're going to be full of his life and his word until the end. So that's what I mean by lining up with the word and settling or knowing that that word is the truth. It's the foundation. Uh, right, okay, I'm, just, I'm actually going to go a bit faster because... Right, I think... Uh, I've actually got a workbook over there, and a lot of this is in there because um, I think it's too much, really, to take it all in. So those workbooks have got some of this and the scriptures in them. I think with this, what the Bible says about healing, just one thing I'm going to emphasize in that, it is healing is a spiritual thing. It's, we all think maybe it's physical, and it manifests physically in our body. But the actual transaction, the actual thing of healing is spiritual. And when I was so sick, um, what happened is as I listened to the word and as I listened to Kenneth Hagen and as I prayed and as, I, as my mind was renewed, it was a spiritual thing that happened. And that spiritual thing with the word flooding through and renewing my mind changed my body and I began to recover after that. So that is an important thing to remember. I think John does, I don't know if you'll have time tomorrow to go over that. Point number five also is important. It says, sickness or disease can be overcome by the believer if we will exercise faith and power. Tools and weapons are provided by God for us to use. So um, as, as Christians, we have been given everything that we need to fight this battle against healing. But often we don't know what those tools are. Or we do know, maybe it, we know it's prayer, it's the blood of Jesus, it's faith, it's all those things, but we don't appropriate them and we don't take them and we don't use them. And again, we're going to look at that in more detail tomorrow. Um, okay, let's, okay, let's start on this. God's will for healing in the Old Testament. I want to show you God's will for healing right throughout the Bible. The, the Bible from beginning to end is saturated with promises and incidences of God the healer, of Jehovah Jireh. So right in the very beginning, if you think about the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Eden had no sickness, did it? It was blessed. It was good. God made um, people. He made um, the world, and he said, it is good, and there was no sickness. So if we're looking to think, or think about God's will for healing, first place, Garden of, he of Eden, there's no sickness. So that is a picture of God's perfect plan, the Garden of Eden. In the, altar, in the first book of the Bible, in Genesis, God begins to reveal himself as a healer from the very beginning. 
And in Genesis 17, there's a story about God healing Sarah's barrenness. And in Genesis 20, he heals Abimelech. I'm not going to go into those. You look them up and read those stories. But there, right at the beginning of the Bible, God's beginning to show himself as the healer, the one who brings um, restoration. He restores where things aren't working properly. He's the healer. And then in Exodus 15, and this one's worth turning to. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Exodus 15 and verse 25. So Exodus 15. And this is the story. The, the, the Israelites had just come out of Egypt. And they had come to this place called Mara where there was no water. The water was bitter. And they were complaining. And they complained to Moses saying, what shall we drink? That's verse 24. Then verse 25. So Moses cried out to the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. And then he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep his statutes, this is the the part to underline, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. So there... God is revealing himself as Jehovah Rapha, the healer, the one who repairs. If you look up that word, I think it's in my next year, that word means the great physician, the one who cures, he repairs, he mends, he restores health, and that results in physical healing. It does say here, do what is right in my sight. And um, I'll just point out here, This is an old covenant promise, which it carries on today. But the old covenant was slightly different, or not slightly, quite a lot different to the new covenant. And although it says here, um, heed my voice, listen, and he will talk to you, do what is right in his sight. In the new covenant, we are already made righteous. So we don't have to work at it because when God looks at us in the new covenant, we don't have to, to work at it because he just sees us as Jesus, really, he sees us as the righteousness. So um, we don't have to think, I've got to work to get my healing. Okay. Oh, sorry. Let me just go back to Deuteronomy 28. In, in that scripture, it says, I, I, I've healed you of all these diseases. None of these diseases will I put on you. And in Deuteronomy 28, there is a long list of diseases. And those were given... Um, Excuse me, or they weren't given. But those diseases came upon Israel when they did not obey the Lord. So it was like a curse. And that is where this whole thing of God gives disease to punish us comes from. Because in the Old Covenant, there is this thing of if you don't obey the Ten Commandments, um, you, will get, you will get punished. And one of the things is the curse and these diseases. But in the new covenant, it is completely different. We are redeemed. Galatians 3.13 says we are, we are redeemed from the curse of the law. All right? So old covenant and new covenant are different. And we are walking in the new covenant. So I did. there were a couple of you who put your hands like this when it said, um, is disease, is it from God? Does he send it? In the old covenant, 
If you didn't do what was right in the, law, in the sight of the Lord, if you disobeyed the covenant, you could get sick because you were disobeying. And the requirement from the Ten Commandments was obey. Obey this, number one, number two, number three. And if you don't obey and you don't listen, God's got to punish you. So that's also why all the prophets in the Old Testament, they would wave their finger and they'd try and call the people to repent and say, don't do that because if you, if you do that, God will punish you. But in the New Testament, it's a, different, it's a whole different dispensation. It's one of grace. It's one of love. It's one of, for, of, of forgiveness. Jesus became that, um, that sin and that curse for us. So remember that. That's a very important point. And some people might have that as a stronghold in their thinking. Um, this one, that same promise in Exodus 23. Have you got a question? Would you write, uh, we have, would you write your question down? Because we really want your questions. They're really important. And we can look at it in a minute. I'll just try and get through this, Alan. Okay. This is a workshop, so it's really good. If you've got questions, write them down. In Exodus 23, that promise is reiterated, and God says, the number of thy days I will fulfill. So in one sense, the number of thy days I will fulfill, we've got a plan. God has ordained certain things for us to do in our life. And John and I say, we're going to do all that. We're going to fulfill that before we go. We're we're not going to drop before that. So that's something to bear in mind. I've I've said this, a full life, no senior moments. These these scriptures actually are very, very interesting. If you are a little bit older, you take these scriptures, they all talk about fulfilling your life and having an abundant life right till the end. So Psalm 90 verse 10, the days of our years are three score and ten. Psalm 102, 24, take me not away in the midst of my days. Uh, Ecclesiastes 7. And Psalm 91, 15 and 16, with long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Okay. Um, right, I'm going to go a little bit quicker. Another place that God shows his will to heal in the Old Testament is in Numbers. And this is a very, very important picture in the Old Testament because it is literally a picture of what Jesus did and what he became on the cross. So in Numbers... I think you probably know the story. Again, the, the Israelites were complaining. Some of the, God sent fiery serpents. Some of them were bitten, and many of them died. And then Moses prayed, and to bring healing, uh, God said to Moses, lift up the pole and look at, and there was a snake on the pole. Look at the snake. Look at that. Look at that fiery serpent. Let's just have a quick look at it. It's Numbers 21. If you just turn there quickly, so Numbers 21, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent had bitten anyone, when he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. And that is such a beautiful picture because there's, there's many, many, many things you can draw out of that. But what did they do? They didn't, if, when they were bitten, if they looked at what the snake had done, if they looked at the poison, if they, so this is a picture for us. If we look at the, if we sick, we look at the sickness, if we look at the bite, 
If we look at the pain, if we complain about the pain, if we look on the internet to find out all the symptoms and all what could go wrong, we will not live. But if you look at the pole and the, the serpent representing Jesus on the cross who took all the sin, all the sickness upon him, if you look at Jesus, that he is the one who has redeemed us, he's brought our, he paid the price for healing as well as for forgiveness of sin. If you keep looking at that and not the sickness, not the symptoms, not the pain, even though it might be shouting very loud, that is how you live. That's how you, that's how you pull through. Uh, so focus on Jesus, not the symptoms. And this picture foreshadows healing on the cross and the atonement. Um, in Psalm 103, God's will for healing is shown. It says, bless and affectionately praise the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget any of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and who heals all your diseases. Not just one or two, he heals all our diseases. And look how in that psalm, it's both forgiveness and healing. They're in the package together. They're in the same thing. Um, Okay, let's just think. Interesting, Psalm 105, verse 37, is an account of when the Israelites came out of Egypt. God brought them out of Israel with not, I think that should be Egypt, with not one feeble. So God made it very clear to this nation three and a half thousand years ago about his willingness to heal. Israel out of Egypt, a nation with not one feeble person. Um, I'm just aware of time. Okay. Okay, that's just a little bit more about the two covenants. But I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to skip on to that. The origin of sickness. Uh, let me just think here. I wish I'd seen your questions. Oh, let me think here. Let's see. All right, let's look at this one. John 10, verse 10. This is so clear about who the enemy is and what Jesus came to do. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. So what is the enemy's function? To, to give sickness. That's where sickness comes from. Okay, not God. What did Jesus come to do? John 10, verse 10, he says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. The whole mission of Jesus is to restore, to give life, to make whole. So where in the Old Testament, God revealed himself over and over again throughout the whole Old Testament as Jehovah Rapha. In the New Testament, Jesus is still the healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is still the one who heals, who gives life, who repairs, who mends. So the theme right throughout the Bible, God is our healer. He's Jehovah Rapha. Uh, right, that's what I was saying, New Covenant. Um, okay, I oh, know, sorry, this, this, this does go on a lot. And there's a lot of these things in the book, and it's already going on after eight. So what I'm going to do is one last thing. I'm going to look at some scriptures in the New Testament. So if you can, I would like you to look with me at these. Um, 
if you've got your Bibles here. So let's go right here. Okay. Matthew 8, verse 16. So when, when Jesus was on earth talking to people, healing them, as we read these scriptures, just notice how many people were healed. So verse 16, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word, and he healed some who were sick, all. Is all who are sick. Okay? Matthew twelve fifteen. Turn over to that one. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. Not just one or two, he healed them all. Matthew fourteen, thirty six. And this was when he was, um, he'd crossed over the land and he was, he was ministering to many people. And verse 36, they begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Again, every single one who touched him was made perfectly well. Mark 1 verse 40. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, If you are willing, you can make me clean. And then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand, and he touched him, and he said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. That is such an important scripture for us in um, absolutely settling it, that God's will is for healing. Because this leper... He came to Jesus. He, he actually was unclean. He shouldn't have even come to Jesus. But he, was, he, was, he knew that he'd heard about Jesus' healing, but he wasn't sure that Jesus would heal him. So he says, if you are willing, you can make me clean. If you're willing, do it for me as well. And then Jesus, it says, Jesus moved with compassion. That word moved with compassion it's the same as in the old covenant when God said, I am your healer. Jesus here is saying, I'm your healer. He's so, he's so moved with this deep thing about every part of me is that I heal you. My nature is so good. My nature is to heal. I, I am your healer. I want to heal you. I want to make you whole. And so he says to him, stretch out, he stretches out his hand and touched him and he says, I am willing. Be cleansed. And I, when I was praying earlier today, I felt that if there are people here, even tonight, there's issues, God is in your health. God is saying to you, I am willing. I am willing. Jesus is here. He wants to heal you, and you just have to receive that. I am willing. Be cleansed. Be healed. Mark 6.56. We'll go there. Mark 6.56. Same thing. Wherever he entered into villages, cities, or countries... Or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him that they might 
might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him were made well. Not just one or two, but it's it's as many as touched him. All of those who came to him were healed. They were made well. And Luke 5, 17. Now it happened on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. That's a different kind of healing. The power of the Lord was there to heal them. Jesus used different methods to heal. Sometimes it was a spoken word. Sometimes it was touch. Here it was this power coming from him to heal them. The power of the Lord present to heal. And then Luke 6, 17. And he came down, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast. I'll go on after, I'll leave out that, but who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out of him, and he healed them all. Again, all of them were healed. And Luke 9, 11, there's two more. Luke 9, 11. When the multitudes knew it, they followed him, and he received them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who had need of healing. Jesus heals those who have need of healing. Over and over and over again, the Bible tells us Jesus heals everyone who comes to him who wants healing. And the last one, Acts 10, 38. And this is how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Everyone was was healed. I think on on your chairs I gave you a sheet of paper. And... um, There are several scriptures and points on that worksheet showing the different places in the Bible, the different points about God heals all and his willingness to heal. If you go through all of those and you learn them and you memorize them, you will be able to teach other people about God's will for healing because there's there's a lot there. We've looked so far, we've looked at God's will for healing in the Garden of of Eden God's will for healing in the Old Testament, God's will for healing through the ministry of Jesus. We haven't gone on to do God's will for healing in the ministry of the disciples, but it's clear in the Bible that God, the commission was passed from Jesus to the, the, the believers, the disciples, and that means us. God's will is that we, uh, he flows through us to bring healing to other people. Um, and then in the last, I think on the last, in that worksheet, in the last place, God's will for healing is shown in nature. Our bodies have a natural instinct to heal and recover. And when nature is healed, was harmed, its in- instinct is to be healed and to recover. And very often it does. 
God's will for healing is shown in the Lord's Prayer. It says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. So that's God's will. It's God's will for us to be whole and to be healed. And I think I'm going to stop there. So um, I think... Do you, want, do you want to come up? You don't want to come up? Okay. Let's just, let's just, let's pray, okay? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you that it is your will for us to be healed. And Lord, tonight as we've spoken and we've looked at these scriptures, we just thank you that it's so clear that you want every single one of us healed. Father, where there are people here tonight who you've shown yourself as Jehovah Rapha, we just thank you that right now, in Jesus' name, there can be even more revelation and understanding. Father, even tonight, as, as people go home, you would speak to them, you would show them, you would uh, reveal and release even, even more understanding about healing, about um, about your purpose and your plan for them to walk in healing and wholeness. I think earlier on I spoke about um, just uh, fear and a bit of like uh, panic and that opening the door to sickness. And I feel like it, I, th- I felt there were a couple of people here who might have had that, where there's been there's been an, on your mind and in your emotions there's been panic and fear. Is there anyone like that? Because I believe that's the one area I think that God wants to touch tonight. So maybe if that is you, maybe you could just stand up. Would you mind standing? And I'm going to pray into that area. Okay, so just if you raise your hands. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're our healer. You repair and you restore every part of us, our physical bodies, our mental thinking, our emotions. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, where where these people have stood up for opening a door to fear, I just thank you that you can come in and touch each one of them. Where there's fear that's taken a root, we just say fear, in the name of Jesus, you, you spirits of fear, we command you to loose your hold over these people and we shut the door. And I think for each one of you standing there, because this is a workshop in which you are being equipped, I want you to do something, either clap your hands or stamp your feet, do something in which there's an action where you are shutting the door to fear. Shake or push it away, or do something, or even just shout at it, but you do something to close the door to fear. In the name of Jesus. So we just say fear, you go in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that right now that fear goes. All fear goes in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we just thank you for that, Lord. And right now, Lord, I ask that healing would come where there's been... um, where there's been emotional torment and mental torment, we ask for your healing on that, on that part of the body. If there was something in your mind, just put your hands on your head like this. Or if it was an emotional attack, put your hands on your heart. So we thank you, Lord, right now in the name of Jesus that healing comes 
emotional healing, mental healing, physical healing, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Basically, um, when we receive healing, just make yourself be at peace. You have authority over your body. So if your mind has been agitated or there's been fear, you say, no, body, be still, be quiet. Receive the peace of God. And the peace of God comes upon us and it guards our hearts and it guards our minds. It's like a force field. You know, Star Trek, warp shields up. That's exactly what happens. The peace of God um, encompasses you and garrisons around you. So it's, it's a big key just to, when you're receiving, um, is to actually take your place, uh, yourself into a place of peace. Just say, I will be still. Mind be still in Jesus' name and receive the peace. So we just release the peace of God over each one of you right now. To guard your hearts, to guard your mind, that there will be no fluttering in your stomach and no racing thoughts in your head. No agitation, agitating thoughts and things. We release that peace to garrison. And Father, we thank you. It guards our hearts, it guards our minds. We receive that peace. Just receive it right now. Whether it's like a freshing, refreshing water you know, just pouring over you, or whether it's just a, a blanket of peace that's coming over you right now. Thank you for your peace. Your kingdom, Father, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father, where there's been sleep deprivation, insomnia. We just rebuke that now in Jesus' name. We rebuke it. And we say, peace, be still. The Lord gives his beloved rest and sleep. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And where bad reports, and whether it's well-intentioned or not, oh, well, let's just look at the facts. It's not helpful when you just look at the facts. It's helpful when you, when you look at the Lord high and lift it up. That's what's helpful. That's where your peace comes from. So turn your attention from, if there's a report, some symptoms, something that's agitated you, just look to the Prince of Peace right now, your healer, and just say, Lord, I receive that peace. See, that's, it's training our minds. You know, literally in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3 and 4, where it speaks about the weapons of our warfare, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, these things build up. It's, it's patterns of thinking. And, and thoughts come, and you get used to dealing with thoughts in a certain way. And we're not to do that anymore. We're now to take captive every thought. And that's what we're doing right now. You're actually exercising that. We're bringing it down under the dominion of Christ in subjection to the word of God. And that is peace. Peace is your umpire, the peace of God. It guides you. It protects you. It garrisons about you. So, Father, thank you. No racing thoughts, no churning stomachs or hearts or inner inner being, yeah? 
We receive your peace in this place like a blanket. We receive peace. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You see, when, when, when we speak the word of God, the word of God is spirit. And we're talking about healing is spiritual. So but we'll look at more of that tomorrow. Um, we're kind of a little bit out of time. We finished five, five minutes early. But, sorry? Is everyone, are you, are you tired? I'm just honoring the leadership that said, I can keep going. <laughs> So we thank you, Father. Okay, we're going to speak tomorrow about the word is medicine. And that's what healed Heather, is medicine. And there's different things you can do in terms of healing. Um, we've just come from Zimbabwe, and I was walking into the house where we were staying, and a lot of the houses are still old. And parquet was, you know, the thing to have in the 70s and maybe even the 60s. And there was a loose block on the floor, and as I walked in, I sort of, I don't know, I kicked up one block and I kicked up some more. And uh, I tripped over, as I brought my other leg forward, I tripped and I landed on this parquet, but on the hard bit, not, not the soft bit, and I crashed my knee. I crunched it, a big shot. That was on about Monday, and I was doing a healing meeting on Wednesday. Well, the upshot of that was my knee swelled up like a balloon, and I couldn't walk. And I was saying, well, do I cancel the healing meetings? Uh, you know, I said, not on your earth. This is a good opportunity for a testimony. And so I just took the word of God, which says, you know, the word is healing. It's, it's, it's health to all your flesh. And we're talking Proverbs 4 verse 20. And Monday, I was in agony. I was, I was hanging on a stick trying to walk. I mean, it was quite funny in one way, but if it wasn't so sore. But I was saying, no, knee, knee, you are healed. You are healed. I refuse to be moved by pain. I refuse to be moved by swollen symptoms and things. I said, knee, you are healed. Tuesday, I was a bit better. I'd had a bit more practice with my stick. And I was walking around with the stick. And we're doing the meeting Wednesday night. Wednesday morning, I wake up, knee's perfect. Amazing. You see, we have to take what is our inheritance. And... Um, you know, it says, it speaks in the word about receiving. And receiving to us is the polite thing. You know, I receive a cup of tea. Thank you very much. You know, and I take it very discreetly and gently and thankfully. Because one must drink tea, especially if you come from England. But um, the word in the Greek is lambano. It means you seize, you lay a hold of. You carry off what is yours. You take it by force even. And that's why in Matthew 11.11 um, 11, it speaks about how the kingdom's been advancing and says, and the violent take it by force. And that's what we've got to do. We, God's given us a huge inheritance. He's given us every blessing. It says in Ephesians 1 verse 3, it says, every blessing hath or has, depending on how you speak, King James English, has been given us in, in, in the spirit. We've got to receive it and 
that when I say receive it, seize it. So I'm using it in that word. It's like the police. They go and lambano criminals. They don't say, you know, we receive you into our police van. They don't say that. Like we read. They say, you know, they grab them and they throw them in. And that's how we to treat our inheritance in Christ Jesus. And so if you're contending and if, if thoughts want to come back tonight, the reason I'm telling you that is because the word of God is that peace, righteousness, peace and joy is yours. Hold on to it tonight. And I want to hear testimonies tomorrow morning of, oh, the, the, the pattern was there. But I said, no, I refuse to be agitated. I've received. I've taken peace. Peace is mine. And the peace is the garrison about you. And you will sleep quietly and peacefully. And if you've got conditions that have been harassing you or pressing in on you, we're going to talk about how we receive the power of God. Because, again, the power of God is spiritual. And, and the, you know, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. You can see that in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 24. It says that Christ in us is the power of God. So we've got to learn how to appropriate that. And the Bible says in, in Ephesians 1, 17 to 19, it says, we have resurrection power in us. If you, you go and read Paul's prayer, he says, I pray that your, the eyes of your understanding are opened and that you know the power that is in and for you, the power that God demonstrated when he raised Jesus from the dead and seated him far above powers and principalities and every uh, authority that, that exists in this age and the age to come. That power is in us. We've got to learn now to receive it on the basis of what the word says. Not that I don't feel like I've got resurrection power in me. I don't see it. I don't feel it. No, it's there. God says it's there. And we're going we're gonna to talk about that tomorrow. And that's how you receive your healing. Okay, what's that? Okay, what is that? Should we expect God to heal all the time? Thy word is settled forever. And it says in Psalm 138 verse 2, it says, God has put above all things his name and even above his name his word. So if the word of God is by his stripes you were healed, you've got to lambano it, receive it. So, yes, it, it, it's according to your faith. Faith is the thing that takes from the kingdom of God, from the spirit realm, you could say it's the, the delivery truck. It takes it and it brings it into this realm. And how does that work? It says, you just believe that what God says is true. Because it is true. Read John seventeen seventeen. Jesus says to um, the Father, he says, thy word is truth. So yeah, we can expect healing all the time. Does God always heal? That depends on us. You know, you read Mark 6. Jesus went to his hometown. It says he couldn't do any mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. And um, he just laid hands on a few sickly people and they recovered, but no miracles. So does God always heal? He's ready to heal. The word settled. So we're going to speak about that and we're going to close the gap down between the experience that we have and what God wants. And that'll come by the word. Oh, uh, right. When he's talking, when he asked, yeah, Paul's thorn. Yeah, I, there's, there's a number of places. I'll, I'll talk about that tomorrow. I'll show you all the scriptures and I'll explain that.
because Paul had just been stoned. And uh, he went from uh, where he was stoned to Galatia. And, they, and he would said, you know, uh, you, you, you received me because of, of a bodily ailment. Well, he was. He was bashed up and smashed up. They left him for dead. But I'll read the scriptures to you tomorrow. I, I think we've, we go home tonight. Hold on to the peace. That's your project tonight. You're going to say, no, the peace of God is mine. That's it. That's the blessing. Yeah. We'll talk about that too. Because there's different ways God heals. And so we'll look at those. And the gifts of the Spirit for us to give to other people, we appropriate and receive for ourselves by faith. So I'll explain how the Word works and how we hold on to it. And we'll just share how it's worked in our lives. And I'm sure we'll unlock a lot of keys for you. Okay, so we're back again, 9 o'clock in the morning. And then we're going to crack on. And we're just going to fly. And then by the end of the day, I want you all learning how to release that power that's in you and ministering to the sick. Right, so let's pray. Father, thank you for your word tonight. And Father, your word has opened our minds, it's opened our understandings. Um, Your word tells us that as it comes into us, it brings light. So we're praying for that light, Father, in us to shine, to increase, and make other bits and pieces that have been in darkness, like connect and join together. And that, Father, this the the doctrine and the understanding of healing and, and your will for healing and salvation... Lord, that this will just rise up in us and we will see healing increase because signs and wonders follow your word when it's preached. So we're trusting tomorrow, Father, for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for restoration of bodies, but also for for, for revelation light to release these uh, wonderful gifts you've given us to others. So in Jesus' name we pray. That this revelation is ours. We hold it. We will not let that seed get taken from us. So if you're in pain or anything tonight, just say, pain, hold it. I'm getting to you. You're next. Okay. Because that's how we, we talk to these things. These things are real. Jesus speaks to deaf and dumbness and says, get out, deafness. And it goes. So pain's the same. But we'll deal with that tomorrow. All right. So we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. And... Um, if there's, I think tomorrow will, uh, even though we've done an introduction tonight, there will be different subjects we cover. So if there are more people to come along or you know sick people, it's just lovely if we've got people to uh, release our faith on, to see them healed.